Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of Matthew, and we are in chapter 14. This chapter begins with a section called John the Baptist Beheaded. Now, you will remember that Jesus himself spoke about John the Baptist, saying that there was no greater man born of a woman than John the Baptist. You remember from chapter 3 of the Gospel of Matthew that it had been prophesied about John the Baptist, Isaiah and Malachi had said that he was a voice of one calling in the desert, preparing the way for the Lord and making the path straight for him. So clearly John the Baptist has gone before Jesus to prepare the way for him. And Jesus said that he is an incredible man, a man better than any other man born of a woman. So now we will read, unfortunately, about how John the Baptist was beheaded. It says, at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, this is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. So that's the way he explains the things that John the Baptist is able to do. Now Herod had arrested John and had him bound and put in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Because of that, Herod wanted to kill John, but he was always afraid of what the people would say because they considered John the Baptist a prophet. So verse 4 said that John had been telling him it is not lawful for him to have her. So what does that mean? Herodias was a granddaughter of Herod the Great, and she had first married her uncle, Herod Philip. So while Herod Antipas was a guest in their home, he persuaded Herodias to leave his brother and marry him. So he's now married to his brother's wife, and his brother is still alive. And of course, that is against the law, according to the Mosaic Law in Leviticus 18. So moving on to verse 6, it says, On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias, and this according to Josephus, her name is Salome, The daughter of Herodias danced for them, and it pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. The dance that she did would have obviously been seductive, and he uh, liked it so much, he said, what do you want? And so prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. So Herodias obviously didn't take kindly to the fact that John the Baptist was holding them accountable what was right. Now moving on to verse 13, we pick up with Jesus feeds the 5,000. And this is a miracle that's actually written about in all four gospels. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away, so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, 
They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. So what looked like it wasn't going to be enough is able to feed the multitudes of people. And the same as Jesus's body was broken for us, just as the bread was broken for the people. His body was broken for the multitudes. So picking up in verse 20, it says, They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. We know, of course, that twelve being a significant number of fullness and completeness, we know that there were twelve tribes, the descendants of Jacob Israel. He had twelve sons that formed the Israelites. And also Jesus had twelve disciples. So it is to not be missed that there were twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread left over. It says the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So they didn't even count the women and children. Probably at least double the 5,000. Now moving on to verse 22. This portion of the chapter is entitled Jesus Walks on the Water. It's also found in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John. It says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. It was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? So here's an important message. Jesus is walking on the water. Peter said, I want to go where you are. I want to be a part of what you're doing. And Jesus said, come out here with me. And Peter began to walk on the water. But then he looked around at his physical circumstances and he realized that what he was doing was impossible without the Lord. But he began to doubt and he began to fear and he began to wonder if if it were possible to continue. And when he did that, he began to sink. Jesus is like, I have you. And he reached out and saved him. But had Peter just kept his eyes on the Lord the entire time and not let doubt come in, he would have not began to sink. But Jesus reached out and saved him. He went on to say, why did you doubt? 
verse 32. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. You remember from Matthew chapter 9, the sick woman who had been bleeding had the faith to know that if she could just reach out and touch Jesus' cloak, that she would be healed. And here they said, even if they could just touch the edge of his cloak, they knew they would be healed. And that ends Matthew chapter 14. We will pick up next time in chapter 15.